And welcome into the Producer Podcast here on DenverSports.com. My name is Kevin Kissner, and I got Ty Fuji with me. How good, are we everybody? doing? Dude, it's opening day. Opening day. Opening day for the Rockies. I'm actually shocked course. we're not down there. Yeah, a l- little bit. I mean, just, we. I guess we could skip the podcast and just go down. Yeah, I mean, I think it'd be fun. We can see Zach down there. <laughs> we'll see Zach. I mean, I think he's going with Colin Zanker, one of the other producers here on the on the fan. I think yeah. he hooked him up with a free ticket in the rock pile section. Oh, that's gonna be fun. So, I mean, but no one sits in the rock pile. Yeah, just go to that party deck and have yeah. have a little fun up there. Uh, but anyway, we, you can go back and listen to uh, the last episode me and Colin had. We kind of previewed the Rockies. Right, uh, their menu, yeah. not the not the not the team, yeah. you know, because no one cares about the Rockies yeah, team. Like the, the, the product on the field is not going to be uh, terribly great. Yeah, yeah. The, the menu though, that, the menu. Yeah, you, I saw that. That dude, looked, that looked nice, dude. He's got. He told me they have a Elvis. What was it? Elvis shake. I think it was like peanut butter chocolate shake or something like that. Oh yeah, peanut butter banana shake. Oh my gosh, that sounds Ooh. amazing. But. We're coming down the home stretch here for the two teams that play down at Ball Arena. At the can. At the can. And it's the Nuggets and the Avalanche. But the Nuggets, they did clinch home court in the West. Through no through no effort of their own. They backed their way in. Yeah. And I'll say this. I don't know how I feel about the Nuggets right now. I I felt more confident about them two weeks ago. Yeah, maybe even a week ago. Yeah, absolutely. But like, right now, something just doesn't. Something doesn't doesn't feel right. Where Where are you at with the Nuggets? Like for me, it feels like they're in they're in a bit of a backslide right now. It feels like they're they're playing up and then they're just starting to play down, wind down, give little effort going into the the home stretch, which. I can I can kind of see they don't want to they don't want to exert themselves too much they don't want to spend too much energy on uh, on the end of the season on games that actually don't matter now but you know well, you you want to round into form I mean I mean look after last game's performance against the Rockets it's like where where are you guys at yeah. there, there's no momentum there was no excitement there's no effort there's a exactly you there's have no a, effort you have a chance to control your own destiny and clinch take. Take matters into your own hands and clinch the entire West. Something you've never done in your entire existence, and you just and you come out like that against a 19-win team, the worst team in the league. It not not good. Jokic didn't look good. The only player that looked good was MPJ down yeah. the stretch. I mean, he he had himself a good game, made a bunch of threes. But yeah, the player again, that Malone loves to bench. Yeah, exactly. But the thing is, is a lot of people lately have been discussing: Is it Michael Malone's fault that that team wasn't energized for that game? Was it the players' fault for that? And I'm leaning more towards the players. How do you not get ready to go beat the easiest team in the NBA? I mean, they have the worst yeah. record in basketball. They've have they had 19 wins going into that game, I believe. Yeah, they, they and, were... and I don't know. I don't think you could blame Michael Malone much more on that topic, <clears throat> just because of how many times. He's had to come out this year and say, this team is soft. We, we're soft. We're soft. We yeah. got beat. We got bullied. We're soft. At what point, I, I get it's at first it's supposed to be Michael, uh, Michael Malone's job. Yeah. Hey, get this team ready. Get them energized. I get that. But at some point, you got to look at the players. They got to look at themselves in the mirror. Like, how did we not get going? 
And I don't know if there's a, a correct leader on this team, Ty. Yeah, there, there really isn't. I mean, the closest thing they have is KCP. Like that, that, uh, yeah, they held a team, uh, team meeting, like players only after their big backslide after the Kenrick Perkins drama. And K- apparently, KCP was the one to really speak up. But, but why? But you know, why hasn't he? Why is KCP the one yeah, standing up? Why, why isn't it Murray? Why isn't it uh, Jokic himself? Exactly. My thing. I feel like your your best player on the team should be your leader. Nine times out of ten, that's what it is. Yeah, and especially at, the guy who leads the offense. Go, who the entire go, team look is at, go look at all teams through NBA history. You know, Kobe was the leader. Shaq was the leader. You know, Michael Ma- Jordan was the leader. Yeah, Magic you know, was the leader. Magic was the Larry leader. Bird. Larry Bird was the leader. Kevin Garnett in the Celtics years, he was the leader, not mm-hmm. Paul Pierce. So when I look at the Nuggets right now, I'm like, well, who's the leader? It should be Jokic, but we all understand and we know he's not the guy that's gonna that's a leader. He's a quiet guy, and I'm not t- asking him to change his personality because you can't do that. But my thing is, you have to energize these guys. What yeah. if Jokic came onto that bench that uh, a couple nights ago and said, "Hey, let's step it up," and he just rallies the troops? How do you think they're gonna react to that, Ty? Yeah, they'll, they'll respond. They'll actually get up for it because they know it's serious when Jokic is speaking up for them. It, the only other guy that's on the team that can do that is Jamal Murray. Yeah. But Jamal Murray's hurt. Yeah, he's was hurt. He, was he back on the sideline after he was hurt? Mm. I mean, they, they've been resting him, so I, I, I'm assuming he's not. See, and, and, I told, and I said that, and Stoke kind of clapped back at me and said, well, but he's got to get treatment. I said, but he can't get treatment after the game. Like yeah. he, he, how long did treatment the, the treatment have to last uh, on a sprained thumb that he's been dealing with? How long does it take for to, to get treatment? In uh, it takes a whole second half to do that. I mean, I'm not saying I, I'm not a doctor. I'm not saying I've been in that scenario right now. You know, I'm not a professional NBA player. But come on, I don't, I don't think it's going to take an hour, hour and a half to to do a job that's been, yeah, to do a job that's know? been done. You know, plenty of times before, several I mean, times before we're, in we're the just season. Tape it up, you know, ice it, whatever they got to do. It's not like it's they got to do surgery back there. So I think Jamal Murray. Yeah. And, and thing is, with in the case of the Rockets, all you have to do is make it out with a win, and then you don't have to play him the rest of the season. Yeah, the rest of the regular season, you're you're out for basically a week, maybe a week and a half, and you get time to rest that that thumb. Yeah, put in uh, the effort, and then you can rest later. I, and they they play the Phoenix Suns tonight. And yeah. if you're listening to the podcast a day late, that's fine. This topic isn't too timely matter to a degree. To a degree. To a degree. Kind of. A lot of people are speculating that Nuggets are going to rest their guys tonight. And yeah. and if you're listening to this and they end up playing, then you understand where we're coming from. But I'll, I'll turn the question back to you. One, should they play their starters tonight? And two, should they just like decide to sit their players the rest of the regular season? What, mm-hmm. what what are your thoughts on that? Uh, resting the players tonight, uh, that's tough. I mean, personally, I don't think they should. I mean, I don't think they should play tonight. I, but I get the feeling Malone is going to make them play to really get them into form to get the uh, a fight under their asses. Uh, uh, resting them for the rest of the regular season, uh, only the ones who are vital, only the ones who have nagging injuries. I mean, there's what two games left after this. Yeah. You know, it, my, I mean, here's my thing. One, you're playing Phoenix. You're probably going to play them in the second round. There's a really good yeah. chance. Is he going to be right now? 
as where things stand, it's going to be them or the Clippers. You're playing. And let's all hope it's the Clippers because yeah, we don't want to play Phoenix. Yeah. My thing is, I'm, I'm more old-fashioned. Get your butt out there and play. You're the best team in the West. You have the best record, right? Yeah. Get out there and play. And if you don't want to play, then I don't want you on this team. That's how I'm looking at it. If if Jokic sits there and just goes, I don't want to play tonight. I don't want to play the rest of the regular season. Then I'm going to have a, a big issue with that. And and I want to say that for all the players on the team. And if Michael Malone decides, no, we're going to, we're going to help keep these guys healthy. Man, come on. Stop being soft. Now you want to talk about being soft. You're the one being soft. Let the guys get out there and play. Get them in a rhythm. Don't you want to see what the Phoenix Suns have tonight? I mean, don't you want to kind of get an idea that way this is the first time you're playing them with Kevin Durant on a full-time basis, both starters on each side. Don't you want to get some kind of film on it, have an idea and game plan for the second round? I I could be wrong. I don't know. I mean, that that makes sense, too, from a a practical standpoint. It's just a matter of uh, philosophy. Like, for me, I've been spooked the last few years because the Nuggets have been so devastated by injuries the last few years. They've been missing, you know, Murray and MPJ, and and they haven't had a fully healthy lineup. And I want to see what a fully healthy team can do. Like, this team at its full strength. Let's move on to the Avalanche. Avalanche are back in first place in the division. Yep. I don't know if they'll catch Vegas for the number one overall seed in the West. Personally, I doubt it. It could happen. We'll see. We don't know. Stuff, crazy stuff happens yeah. in the NHL. Where's your concern level with the Avalanche right now going into the postseason? Personally, I think it's just th- their tired legs. Like they, they didn't have a lot of time to rest in the offseason, and they've played a whole lot of hockey in the last few years without much rest. And I, I think they just need, I think this just is an in between year for, for them. Like they, they just need time to play out and then rest and then get fully fully right because Landy that that nagging knee's been bu- bugging him uh, you know Kale McCarr he's definitely uh he's out again with another new yeah. injury yeah uh so i think the, a lot of the guys in, you know Helmer included Manson included i think they just need some some time to rest and and i think and especially considering how strong the eastern conference is this year i think it might not necessarily be their their year but then again they can they can, they can flip a switch We've seen that before. We've seen it against playoff teams like the Leafs, where they can just flip a switch and just shut a team down. I think Landis Cox's coming back for the playoffs. Hmm. Why, why was he traveling with the team on, their, on this current road trip in San Jose? To me, that says something that means something. Right. And I'll say this. The Avalanche cannot win another cup without... Gabriel Landeskog. I said that last year. Right. Last year, everyone wanted to get rid of Landeskog. Don't forget that. In the offseason, a lot of people, I'm guessing you weren't one of them then. No, you don't get rid of the captain. A lot of people did not want the Avs to bring Landeskog back. You can't pay him. You got to spend money elsewhere. And I remember sitting here like, are you people stupid? Yeah, he is the have, leader they, of this team. If they're actually saying that, yeah, they are because they don't get anywhere without a Landy. Yeah, I, I like mean they, they don't re, they don't regroup after uh, after game five. I mean without Landy. Yeah, re, re, remember there was talk that they were like, hey, you can't give him this big old contract. You can't. You got to spend the money elsewhere. You, there's too many things, other holes. He's aging. He's injured. 
And sure enough, what did he do? He came back in the playoffs and sparked them. He was arguably the best player in the playoffs with McKinnon and McCarr. I mean, you can make an argument. They don't win that without him. Actually, it's a fact they don't win it without him. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They don't win without the captain because he's the leader. There would be there would have been open mutiny if they gotten rid of Landy. Like the the team is not harmonious without Landy. And, and McKinnon's going to get ticked off. He probably doesn't want to come back. You know, Eric Johnson probably doesn't have the same momentum and the same excitement going into the season. You know, it, yeah. there's a lot of stuff there. And I said I'm not expecting Landeskog to come out and score you know, 50 goals and get a hundred points this year. I'm just, I just need his leadership. Yeah. Put him on the first line, put him on the second line. I need that leadership. And quite frankly, the abs going in the playoffs right now, same concept. They need just that leadership. I'm yeah. not expecting him to go out and score 10 goals in the playoffs. Yeah. I just need him on that bench. Yeah. We, we just need him to keep the guys in the game in the third period. When, they, when the abs have been quitting so so often, when that guys have just been let let lead, lead slipping so often, that that's that's how I feel about it. Yeah, and that and it ties and back. With in, you. And that's how it ties back to the Nuggets because the Nuggets aren't winning a championship without strong leadership. Yeah, exactly. Whether it's from the coach or from somebody's got to be a leader. Someone has to step up and be that good strong leader to keep them up to keep them in it. Do you? What do you think? I mean, you you were talking about the abs. That you're worried that they might be a little tired, the legs are going. Don't forget, last year the Avs lost like four or five in a row going into the postseason, and a lot of people were kind of that same mindset. Then, then again, they were they were sandbagging at the end of the season. Yeah, they, they clinched they, way early. Yeah, but the the other thing is, and, and, and remember, Kale was playing during that stretch too. He was yes, staying in rhythm. Yes, so it's not like, like he was quitting. And. The other thing, I mean, a lot of people, we've kind of been having the discussion all week here at the station, and we're, we, I was talking to Drew Spivak, one of the other producers here on in, on the station. The boss man, yeah. executive producer. Yeah. And me and him had a really good discussion of, let's compare the Nuggets and Avs. Nuggets right now don't have that quote-unquote leader. The Avs do. They have all those guys trying to fight. I mean, with the Nuggets, if Jokic isn't the leader... And Murray is hurt and doesn't play in that the second half of that Houston game. Who stepped up to be a leader? It wasn't Porter. It wasn't uh, Caldwell Pope. It was nobody stepped up. The, yeah. the, their language was awful. If the if the Abs are having a bad game, who is stepping up to be the leader? Mac, if if Landy's out, it's it's definitely McKinnon. It's, it's McKinnon. Always McKinnon. It's Eric Johnson. It's uh, it's Rantanen. It's uh, Nishushkin for as much English yeah. as he can speak. I mean, dude, <laughs> I mean, everyone on that Avalanche team is stepping up. Mm-hmm. JT Comfort has had a big impact, and he's got a strong voice. The biggest thing is they can go to those young guys. Rodriguez can't be the leader because he wasn't on this team last year. Yeah, but the core players of the Avalanche from last year, they can be leaders on this team because they say, hey, guys, we've done this. We know what it takes to win. Heck, even Johnson that came back from Chicago – he could come out and be a leader. Yeah. I want to listen to those yeah. guys. Helmer, he can be a leader. Helm, yeah. I mean, it's there's so many guys on that Avalanche team, and that's why it doesn't scare me too much that they can come out and actually win the West here. Yeah, and especially with the field in the West. Their biggest threats, 
what Vegas Edmonton? It, yeah, yeah. And they swept Edmonton last year. Yeah, they swept the Edmonton mighty out of the Oilers with two of the best players in hockey got swept. Yeah, they've beaten the the Golden Knights this this year. They they they've proven they can beat any team in the West. Yeah, and, and you know you look at the odds right now, Abs are still second behind Boston. Yeah, they're they're, they're ahead team. of everyone else in the in the East, and the yeah. East has a lot of strong contenders. Yeah, the East is stacked, but you know, <laughs> there's no we're telling what that reigning champs can do. Yeah, there's until they prove me that they can't win it. Yeah, until they're out, I still think they can win it. I right. I, I don't think Boston gets to the finals. Oh, I, I think seriously? they're just I think they're cursed. It's the curse of the president the president's trophy. I, I believe in that stuff. Mm. I think it's going to happen. Actually, that's a pretty compelling argument. The, <laughs> the president's trophy. Don't mess with the curse. Oh, I, how amazing would it be if the if the Bruins got upset by the Leafs? That'd be so. Oh, that'd be glorious. Who was it? Uh, was a couple? Was it last year or the year before? Yeah, I think it was last year. Who had the? Who won the president's trophy? Was the Panthers? It, the Panthers, and they yeah. lost in the first round. Yeah, they got swept. Uh, no, 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 they didn't lose in the first round. They they won their first playoff series in since uh, like since two thousand one, and then uh, they got they got beat by the Lightning. I thought somebody got swept in the first round last year. Uh, you're probably thinking of the Lightning a few years ago, back in the bubble, getting swept oh. by the Blue Jackets. In the fr- and they had won yeah. the President's Trophy. Yeah, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Look. The Avs, I think a lot of people doubted them this year, midway through the year, especially a lot of people here at the station. Oh, yeah. Like and, the, and especially when the I'm injuries not name were names, but they know who they were. Because I remember, I have receipts on people saying, oh, they're not going to win anything. With, they're, they're done. They're missing the playoffs. They're not. This team is awful. I have people. Oh, yeah. I know people said that here. Ty? Oh, yeah, I, like some of my friends. One of my friends is a huge Avs fan. He was talking about Bedard. He was talking about getting Connor Bedard, possibly. Yeah, no. It's it's the dumbest takes ever. I'm like, the abs aren't out of it. Oh, you They had fade. so many injuries. Guess what? They got healthy. The, realistically, they're only missing a couple guys. Yeah. And Landeskog is the biggest name. But did we need Landeskog all this year to get 90-something points? No. No. Look at look how well they've been playing. Yeah, because now Mc, we because ha- now McKinnon has his first ever hundred point season. McKinnon stepped up and had the the best season of his career. Yeah, Brandon's got 50, fifty goals. He's yeah, he'll get fifty. He's coming up on it. <laughs> he's on forty nine goals. Dude, JT Confer stepping up on the second line has been phenomenal. Yeah, in absence of uh, Kadri, you know who's been bad. Who's that? And, I, and my my buddy had mentioned this before, and I didn't really. Pay attention. I didn't listen to him last year, but I made kind of a I made a uh, a priority to watch this guy this year. Samuel Gerard. Yeah. No. Yeah. Sammy. Sammy's dude. Yeah. Sam's not been good. Every time I watch it, and I'll, again, I'm not the biggest hockey fan out there. I don't know X's and O's of hockey like I do other sports but turnovers and getting blown completely off the puck are pretty apparent when i see that he cannot handle the puck he's turning it over inside of his own zone giving up goals mismanaging angles i'm like dude yeah and and that's his strength he's supposed to be a a two-way guy he's supposed to be a handler and a skater and he can't do it i mean he was supposed to be one of the best skating defensemen in the league just skate wise 
hasn't been the case this year. And yeah. it's and it's been a liability. And I'm scared that he can possibly ruin something in the playoffs. And and I don't want that to happen. But yeah, he can revert. It could be like a case of uh, the year before last year. Yeah, where yeah. he was where he was the liability where he was getting blown off the puck. Yeah, and I and he didn't play in the Stanley Cup final because of his injury. But yep. heck, Avs still won it. There's a, something else going on this weekend that we've been talking about on station, but we haven't mentioned today, me and you. It's the Masters. Oh, yeah. Have you ever been to Augusta to watch the Masters tie? I've only been to Georgia once, and that was the airport at, in Atlanta. <laughs> See, now, does that does it count that you were in that state then? I think so. Yeah, a little bit. You yeah, think boots on the ground you're yeah. in? Yeah, boots on the ground, and especially with a fixture like the Atlanta airport, which is supposedly one of the bigger features of the city. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if Futurama jokes about it, then then it's got to be a feature, right? <laughs> there you go. I mean, it's like like I, when I was in Bo- in Maine last last summer. Right. Drove to Boston, but you had to go through like New Hampshire. So we drove yeah. through for like 20 minutes. I'm like, technically, this goes off the checklist. Yeah. Check that state, you know. Um, but I... But now the thing is, if flying does that count? If I flew through Georgia in the airplane, eh, no, that don't count. No, I, I don't think Dang. that counts because you you can't make anything out. Like you're thirty thousand feet in the air, and all you see is just little patches. Well, it's I mean, technically, yeah, I was in I was in the not, state. You're, you're, no, you're, <laughs> no, no, you're over the state. You didn't have boots on the ground. <clears throat> all right, it's got to be the boots on the ground. I, I'll, I'll give you that. But the Masters are happening this weekend. Who do you have winning the Masters? Is there anyone that stood out to you? Anyone you're a fan of in golf? I mean, personally, I'll always root for Morikawa. Always, always okay. root for the, for the guys with, the, with names that sound like mine. Okay. <laughs> Ty Fuji. <laughs> um, is, he, is he your guy that you have winning it this, this year? Or no, is there I, someone else that th- you're like... I, I don't think I have him winning it, but... I, I don't know enough about golf to really make make a big judgment. Okay. I, I, I guess I'm also rooting for Spieth because okay. I saw that video of him with his son, and that was super cute. Uh, yep, yep. Uh, can't, how can he not hate or how can he not like Jordan Spieth? Yeah. I have John Rahm winning it. I think after today, he just finished. We're recording this now after his first round. He was seven up. He was minus seven. Oh, nice. So he's tied for first as we're recording this. I don't know what elder guys are going to do the rest of the day, but he's my pick. I, I, again, I'm not the biggest golf expert, but yeah, me either. The Masters, dude, are like, so like, like my my knowledge about golf is the George Carlin routine. There you go, <laughs> there you <laughs> go. Uh, but the Masters, dude, where does this rank among the biggest sporting events of the professionals of American, uh, professional, yeah, American sports? professional sports? Uh, Huh. I mean, you got the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl is definitely number one. You got the Final Four. Final Four is in the top five. You got the sure. Masters. You got the World Series, NBA Finals, Stanley Cup at six. I think the World Series has a place in the top five just just on a tradition alone, just on just on like pure Americana alone. Uh, for the Masters, ooh, hmm. Does it crack your top five? Uh, maybe, maybe it, it depends on if you consider the Stanley cup, it, yeah. it, it depends on like yeah. the Stanley cup. If you can consider that split between Canadian and American. Oh yeah. And, it's yeah. American. Yeah. Um, American. 
so uh, so the Masters, I think I'd say it's it's uh just outside the top five. I'd say it's outside number six. the top number six. Okay, so let's break it down then. I want to know your top five. Super Bowl, Super Bowl obviously number, number one. one. Um, number two, number two would be. Oh, what was that? You gotta say Final Four. Final Four. Final Four. It's fun. Definitely, and, and we'll include all yeah, three Mar- games. March Madness. Yeah, yeah, March Madness. So Super Bowl, March Madness. Um, oh wait, actually, sorry, I misspoke. Yeah, Masters is probably top five. Like just, just number five. Okay. So Super Bowl, uh, March Madness, uh, the Stanley Cup, the final, because I, I, I just prefer hockey to basketball. Uh, the Final Four, and then the Masters. Okay. World Series next or NBA Finals? Or college football playoff? Uh, the World Series next. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think World, I'm, World Series just based on pure Americana. I'm, pr- I'm pretty up there with you. I think I, we got pretty much the same exact order. So I'm, I'm with you there. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. I know Stokely's played Augusta. He was telling me he yeah, eagled I, the hole. I was, I was hearing about that. That that sounds like an amazing, amazing experience. If, if you do not want to be Brandon Stokely in your life, I don't know what you want to be. But coolest guy I know. I, I'll say that. Yes. Super, <laughs> super nice guy. He always, he always says hi. He always he's a chat, strikes up a little chat with me whenever yeah. I walk in. One of, the, one of the greatest guys I've gotten to know over the years and from a football standpoint as well. So um, that's going to do it. Yeah, plus his best friend is Peyton Manning. I mean, you can't argue with that. I mean, who wouldn't want to be best friends with Peyton Manning, you know? <laughs> uh, that's going to do it. Our time is up. Ah. Went, went by so quick. Short. But we'll see. Nuggets, uh, Avalanche, we'll see. We'll see what happens, man. I mean, we're, we'll we're coming down the stretch. There's another episode coming out Tuesday here of the Producer Podcast. So go check that out. Um, we're all on here. Me, you, John, KJ, Sydney, Dante, Colin. We're all on here. Yeah. We're giving you the best producer coverage. This has been the Producer Podcast here on DenverSports.com.